The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. Holly was asked, why did you move to Ontario? And I said, it wasn't quite far enough away. I had wow. enough of Johnny's, uh, his sass. Wow. He had a yes. little too much sass for yes. me. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yes. Well, I guess as we dive into it, episode number... Was it? <laughs> We've been doing it just a just a few, just a few for a minute. Yeah, and what I what we decided for 2022 is that we really wanted to. Yes, we want to continue to reach out to people that uh, you make suggestions for, but then we also we have a lot of friends who uh, are advocates, who are speakers, who are doing a lot of great things. I mean, we talked to Prosper uh, just before the uh, new year and kind of what him and his wife are doing. So we decided that we wanted to uh, reach out to our uh, a good friend of ours who we've been in the uh, music industry, in radio for, I don't even know how long, JD, but uh, JD Hunter, my friend, how are you? Hey, I am doing awesome, Johnny and Holly. How you doing, my friends? We're doing good. Here's the skill testing question. Who are you? And where did you come from? Yeah, so I am a almost 30-year-old, which that kind of blows my mind a little bit, I'm going to be honest. I have been in the uh, the radio industry uh, since I was six years old. Uh, I was six when I discovered radio. I was shopping in Windsor, Ontario, and came across this toy that broadcast 30 feet on the AM channel 1610, and I was sold. I literally burned all my music to discs. I had two Walkmans going, and I just went back and fourth songs that way i queued up songs on my discman i guess is a more appropriate word for it yeah and uh that was really the start for me so radio and music and entertainment have been in my blood since i was a youngin i i love that because i feel as though a lot of us have that similar start i was four and i had my own radio show uh in my yes. bedroom i had a fisher price radio you know the kind you could drop down the stairs and no one would yep. care because a, you'd know where to find it because it's so loud and like it wouldn't break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. But can you drop down the stairs and nobody cares? It will still work when you are done. <laughs> and that's what I Those use. Are the best. Oh, absolutely. We, I still have it. Oh, that's so cool. I wish I had mine. I've looked for it. I have no idea what happened to it. It's heartbreaking. But that's all right. It got me to where I am. And, you know, it's so interesting because... Uh, my career really started at a young age, but I also came to understand that mental illness started at a young age for me mm -hmm. as well. So when I think back to my childhood, I definitely think of a lot of awesome things. Like I, I definitely enjoyed uh, running into my family's living room, cranking the radio, running back to my room and making it happen, doing my show, annoying my family to... Oh my goodness, to, to such a high regard, I'll say that much. <laughs> they were glad when I was out of the house and not having to bother them with that anymore, I think. Um, but I also recognized, and I didn't know how to phrase this until just a couple of years ago in my personal development journey, but I had anxiety as a really young person, and what it turned out to be was separation anxiety. Mm. I would go to my cousin's house, which was five minutes away from my house, and I just had a hard time. I cried, and I, I missed my family, and I didn't know how to put into words what I was experiencing, but it turned out to be separation anxiety. So that was the earliest form of mental illness in my life. And then I just kind of realized it cascaded through the years. And it really was 
uh, what's the good word for it? it? It eclipsed, I guess, back in 2016 on May 3rd when the wildfire rolled through Fort McMurray. Uh, I talked to both of you actually through that time as well to kind of share what was going on and where my heart was at during that time. And I really was trying to rationalize, even in that season, I guess why I felt the way I felt, uh, how to even put into words how I was feeling, because there were times I just didn't understand why I was feeling the way I was feeling. But, you know, it really came to a, I guess, a head in that event. And it's been a, oh man, almost six-year journey now of uh, really coming to grips with who I am, uh, the, the mental illnesses I've been battling since I was a kid, and also um, how I've been able to grow stronger through them. So mental illness wasn't, I mean, we didn't talk about it as much uh, up until, let's say, the last 10 years. So you're dealing with this separation anxiety that you've, you've, you've come to terms with now. So what was life like growing up? Do, were you always around your parents then? You didn't want to go and you didn't want to be away from them? I would go and do the sleepovers and I would go and hang out with my friends, but I always had to battle this inner knot in my stomach. Um, it was something that I dealt with literally up until adulthood and, and really the way it worked God knows what's up. I'll just say that much. Uh, I moved out of the house at 18 into Red Deer. I'm currently located near Rocky Mountain House, which is where I was when I was 18 as well. And uh, I moved out to Red Deer, and that was a hard one. That was like my first time out of the house permanently as an adult. Well, mostly an adult. I was 18, so as adult as you can be at 18. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, that was hard. It was rough. I was with family and fr uh, sorry, I was with good friends. So I had some kind of a solace. But uh, that went from Red Deer, really, to Calgary to go to SAIT for the radio broadcasting program and then back into central Alberta for a bit, but then all the way to Fort McMurray. So I really feel like God kind of gave me the, the small steps I needed to get eight hours away from my family and friends because I think if I would have just made the jump straight from home to Fort McMurray that would have been a really hard transition so I definitely equate that as a god thing that I was able even to make the move but then to succeed and really to to grow through that time you really picked the wrong career <laughs> radio is such an interesting one isn't it I haven't it left is. Alberta for radio just yet Holly you're back in Ontario now yeah yeah you know uh, it certainly is one of those industries that could bring you literally everywhere if you wanted to I was really fortunate that my time in Fort McMurray lasted the way it did I was up there for five years I helped UCB which is a, a network in Ontario of course the stations come into Fort McMurray and transition from the old ownership to the new ownership but what was really key for me about that transition was I had felt for some time that I had been negating my own mental wellness, my own health uh, for, for years mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. And it really was an opportunity for me. Up until then, I, I didn't feel like if I left the station, the station would succeed. So I just powered through. I stayed up there as long as I had to, really. And once the wonderful folks at UCB decided to come on board and take over the station up in Fort McMurray, I was given a pause. I was given, okay, I could stay on with these guys and it would be awesome. I'd keep doing radio, but with a network. So I wouldn't be doing eight positions as one guy. I don't know if it was eight, but it was several. <laughs> I was quite busy up there. Um, and uh, I could do that. I could stay on with them. It would be awesome. Or I could take pause and actually go back to my roots and really start from the ground floor, which mm. is the decision I made back in 2019. So it's been almost three years. It was April of 2019. I left Fort McMurray 
and it has been three of the most growing years of my life. What is it about radio? Why radio? Was it was it the fame? Was it the money? Was it the music? Was it the opportunity? <laughs> it's so funny because those first two, I mean, I guess there's fame, money. <laughs> You're funny. But um... <laughs> Holly and I have a phrase that's called making Jesus dollars. Yeah. Yes. We're storing yes! them up in heaven. We just don't see them quite yet. <laughs> I am going to say a hallelujah with you guys on that one. I receive it. Those Jesus dollars, we will be like trillionaires by the earth's definition, I think. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, absolutely. Yeah, so man, no, it had nothing to do with the money, obviously. Fame? I mean, it was cool to walk into a Walmart and have people say, hey, what's up, JD? And like, Yo, what's up, guys? No clue who they are. Clearly, that's cool. That's a fun thing. But it really wasn't ever about that for me. You know what? I really really love about radio is the opportunity to connect is the opportunity to bridge a gap for people what i loved even back to the wildfire for example i was on the air during that time told i was the last person on air in the city and what was so cool about it is in the moment there's fire ravaging literally 360 degrees it's everywhere i've told you guys the story it was everywhere it was daunting it was scary but in that moment i was given a platform i was given the opportunity to stand on what i grew up in what i knew to be true was that god was in control he saw mm. us he understood our pain he understood the extremely unbelievable situation we were in and he was going to provide a way and that was something I really had the opportunity to share in the midst of calamity, like just absolute calamity. It was just unbelievable. I can't say it enough. And it was so cool because in this moment, I actually had a moment. I <laughs> This is such a ridiculous story. This is a good anecdote. There was a song called Wildfire from a band in New York. I can't recall what the band's name was, but I had this track. It was spinning. And I said, hey, guys, I've been talking for like two hours i need to pee all right give me a minute i need some water i need to use the washroom give me a second i'm gonna run off and just take a quick break i promise i'll be right back so i hit the next track didn't look at it just ran and then as i'm going through the lobby towards the facilities i hear this song that talks about how god's love is like a wildfire and i froze turn around ran back in there <laughs> killed the song and resumed talking uh so you know it's interesting <laughs> because yeah, and that's just irony man come on that is just a god thing right there that was the most ironic thing of the hundreds of songs in our library that was the next one cued come on i was also music director so i do blame myself for that one uh it was interesting because there was such a moment of fear and such a moment of uncertainty and God's peace came upon me, and I got to just share uh, honestly on the air about the word. I got to pray for folks on the air, which we don't generally do. But in that moment, I really just kind of stepped up in it. I was able to pray over the community of Fort McMurray. I was able to um, share my heart, and it was beautiful. It was powerful. And that, in essence, is why I love radio. 
But that I think is one of the reasons why a lot of us have been drawn to the radio world is because, I mean, just turn on the mic and you get to speak and you get to share things that God has placed in your heart and encourage people. And you don't have to have a big production team. You don't need lights. You need cameras. You just need God, your mic, and those who you're encouraging. And so it's an incredible position of responsibility to be in. So yeah, I totally get that. It absolutely is. And you know, my heart was so for the radio industry again since six. Like it was always what I wanted to do. I did internet radio as a kid and a teenager. I did everything I could to be part of the industry. But in all honesty, that that season of my life, I just wasn't taking care of myself. I really wanted to take care of other people, make sure they were okay, stay as encouraging on the air as I possibly could. There were days I could not get out of bed. I forced myself to because I knew I had to say something encouraging that day to Fort McMurray who were unreeling in this this or sorry reeling rather in this horrible situation the fallout from this wildfire the, it, to this day that the conversation around mental health is massive up there because of what came out of that whole situation so I really pushed myself to help others at my own expense and that burned me out to a degree that I've never felt burnout before and I had to take a step away. I'm really glad I did because it gave me the opportunity to to rebuild up. Last year, I had the opportunity to actually help launch a web radio station. And it was so reminiscent of what I was doing up in Fort McMurray. I was doing a little bit of everything. And then in September of last year, I was feeling a very similar feeling of burnout. So I stepped away again and said, hey, you know what? Radio is awesome and getting to be in that industry. There's nothing like it. And I, I don't know if I, if I resume radio, sweet. If I don't, I don't know if I'll ever do something like radio again because it is by far the coolest <laughs> industry in the world as far as I'm concerned mm -hmm. um, but uh, if you don't take care of yourself then it, it can also become pretty hard to do as well yeah well with mental health it can health it can uh, show up in different ways I'm sure having such a traumatic situation around you would definitely be very triggering for you what were some of the signs that were uh, telling you nope we need to calm down yeah, absolutely. I can tell you the specific weekend I uh, decided I needed to do something. So it was Canada Day 2016. Uh, we'll never forget it. We did our first parade again in Fort McMurray following, and that was the most celebratory thing I've ever seen in my life, just seeing the residents all there, losing their minds, cheering, so excited to be back home. And that day, after this awesome parade, my good friend Jamie, who lived up in a community called Abbasand, uh, brought me up to where his house used to be. A week before the fire, him and I were watching, uh, oh, it was one of the football movies. I can't remember which, there's so many Christian football movies, I can't put my hand on which <laughs> no. one it was. Woodlawn. <laughs> it was Woodlawn. That was the one. Uh, we went to his house and we watched Woodlawn. I could have said Facing the Giants. Like, there are so many I could have said there. But anyway... Uh, we went up there and I saw the pit where his house once was and where I'd spent time with him before and mm. something in me broke. That was really the moment that something physically shifted in me. And I went back to my house uh, with my roommates. My roommate said, hey, let's go to the theater. And I said, no, I'm just going to chill. And that weekend I didn't leave my bed. Uh, I was in my, my bed that entire weekend from like four on the Friday afternoon till six o'clock the Monday morning when I had to force myself to get out of bed. It was such a rough time. I had a pig of chips and a couple bottles of water, and that was it for that weekend. I just didn't leave my bed. 
Uh, the Friday night, I recognized I felt really off. So I called into HealthLink. I called into the mm. crisis line up in Fort McMurray to say, hey, I don't know what's happening, but I know it's bad. So help me through this time. And really, the things I felt were just unbelievable sorrow. Um, I felt completely broken and empty inside. And I felt a severe disconnect from God. In all of those circumstances, those really just grew as the months went on. And a couple of months later, I was standing in the back of my church um, for my young adult service. And I was looking around at my peers, my friends that I've worshipped with many times over the years, seeing them all engaged and, you know, really, really receiving from the spirit and me feeling absolutely dead inside me feeling absolutely nothing and not being able to rationalize that. I didn't understand, but I did know I couldn't do it anymore. And I, you know, I, I put on the front I needed to, to get out of there. And I got into my vehicle and decided that was it. I had started writing some notes. I had started putting some notes aside to get to family and friends after I was gone. And I couldn't do it. I, I, I just decided I was out of time. I, I got in, I turned my car on, I put my vehicle into drive I was going to go drive off the bridge is what I was going to do. And my phone started to ring and I saw mom calling. I looked over mm. at it and thought, okay, I feel like junk, but she's my mom. I'm going to give her one last phone call. So I answered the phone and the first words that came out of her mouth were, Jeremy, are you okay? And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, I felt like God was telling me to call you. Are you okay? And it was a divine, profound Psalm 40 moment. I waited patiently on the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit, out of the mud and mire, and set my feet on a rock. And that really is what happened in that moment. I felt like I was at the bottom of this pit, looking up with absolutely no way out. And God provided the way I needed. And it was profound. It was unbelievable. It was... I said the word divine, and there are just aren't words to describe what that was like, knowing that my life could have easily come to an end that day, but God provided a way was really the time when I started to go up. It took years for me to really get to the place where I finally started to, it was leaving Fort McMurray, really, when I finally started to actually work on things, but that was the quintessential moment as to why I am still here. Is it a surprise or was it a surprise to your family that you were dealing with this stuff? You know, it's interesting you ask me that because I've always been the emotional one. I've always been the one that's had um, a, a real empathy, a, a, a real empathetic heart. I've always been the one that's made sure other people were okay. And so because I always was so outgoing and caring and considerate about others, I don't think folks really rationalize the fact that I wasn't looking after myself as well. Because I typically was the guy that people would call or text when they were having some kind of crisis and I'd hop on the phone with them and help them through that while I myself am debating whether I can even get out of bed that day. <laughs> it was such a catch-22 because I love helping other people. I love being there for other people. But I had such a hard time with helping myself out that I, I think it definitely was a surprise once I finally started opening up about all this. So now that you've gone through different valleys of your life, because it's not just a one-time thing, 
do you find it easier now to step back and look after yourself than what you did two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago? Absolutely. Yeah. So I mentioned that back in September, I stepped away from this radio project I was working on. And it was a couple of months leading up to that. But at the beginning of September, I said, if I don't step away now, uh, I know I'm going to get back into what we'll call the red zone. I knew that I was going to get back into a bad place. So I just made that decision right there and then because I knew if I didn't take care of myself and look after myself, that I was going to get back into a really terrible spot. So because mm. of that, I actually was in in two or three months there that were really rough, really hard just now in the fall. Uh, last year was the first year, uh, New Year's Eve 2019 into 2020, I said to God, uh, you know what, I need, or sorry, 2020 into 2021, uh, I said to God, I need a new year, I need a fresh start. And every day for nine months, I was in the Word, I was in a routine with the Lord, and I had nine months straight that I was heavy on it. And I was getting so burnt out with doing events over the summer after everything opened up. I was so busy as a DJ, as an MC, uh, just doing all kinds of work. And then also running a ton of hats for this project with the radio that by September, I was just done. So I took a couple of months there to really, again, kind of come back to my, my bare bones. But I knew right away what was going on. I could see those signs. And I slowly worked towards. And now I would say I'm in a great place again because I allowed myself to go through that temporary darker season so that I could work myself back out again. You're in the green zone. Yes. Hey, you know, <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say yellow. I'll say okay. yellow. Okay. Uh, but I would say I am on the north side of yellow, not too far away from green. That's what I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I also appreciate how you have acknowledged the fact that when you hit these moments, it's not going to be one and done. It is that warning sign that, okay, you've pushed yourself too far or you have a predisposition for mental health. Um get help before your body starts to shut down. And then now you know what point you are at at any given time. You've got so much more self-awareness that when you start getting down to that part, that red zone, you can say, whoa, okay. And I think by you having that example that you're setting to other people, acknowledging and respecting your own self-awareness and where you're at, it encourages other people to take notice of where they are at. And it's okay to say no. 100%. It's okay to be tired. It's okay to have a down day. Just do what you need to do to heal again. That's exactly right. You know what? That is exactly how I feel about all of that. And what I will say too is I've had the privilege and the honor to work with an organization out of Ottawa that does mental health events across the country for youth. And in that, I've both been able to be a person that shares my story, but I've also been able to MC these events. Obviously, it's been virtual this year. Um, but getting the to have this opportunity to actively share about these things as I'm, I'm on an ongoing basis learning about all these things. Like there's so many things I could even say about what I've learned this year and over the last couple of years. But you know, it is incredible to be able to, this is what I love about God. This is what I love is that we may go through really hard struggles. I mean, we may go through the toughest of valleys and seasons, and he always has a way for us to take those really, really difficult things and turn them around for good to help other people who are going through those same things. So I had this time uh, of my life where I thought to myself, okay, I seem to have a bit of a, 
how do I word it? Um, a um, the highlight reel on social media. Yeah, here are all the good things going on in my life. Look at this. This is cool. Radio artists. Yeah, awesome stuff. While also realizing there was a real deficit of balance. There was a real deficit of honesty. And so I decided to start share on social media. And I mean, every single time I think, oh, are they going to think I'm just looking for attention? Are they just whatever? I have these things that, that almost hold me back. But every time I say, you know what? People are going to think what they're going to think. People are going to have their opinions of me and they can have whatever opinion they want. I know who I am. I know my heart and I know what God has called me to do. And so I share these profoundly difficult things on social media and the number of people who have reached out to me the day I post those things to say, hey, I am going through something. I've never talked to anyone about it. Can I talk to you about it? has just been astounding. It has been so incredible that simply being brave and honest, reaching out and speaking up about what you're going through allows you the opportunity to really bridge a gap, to really be the man, to really be the middleman between uh, uh, potentially going down to the place of suicide or getting back to health. And knowing that you have the opportunity to be in that gap and and be a message of hope and light, there's nothing like it. It's all about balance, though, because, and I mean, this is what I wonder, because you now have people that might not have ever talked to you about mental health, but you're someone who in the past, is, and you know, you struggle with it as well. You also have said that you also, pl- you take people's burdens, and you were dealing with all of your stuff, and people would call you, and you'd put that mask on, and you'd say, so how are you able to find the balance of, I still need to look after myself and my mental health, but yet I'm still dealing with everybody else's? So, uh, great question, very specific answer. The way I have been able to really make sure that I look after myself and I stay okay is I have people in my life who know me, uh, who know the mask that I like to put on, and who, uh, oh, how do I even say this, who really push me and make sure that I'm being fully honest with them. I have a great counselor that I met at Breakforth in 2019. He spoke in one of the classes. I went up to him after and said, dude, I relate 100%. And since then, him and I do monthly calls. Uh, I have a really good friend of mine I mentioned earlier, the one who brought me up to see his house who's gone. Him and I meet every Sunday. Him and I are working on a men's ministry right now that God has really been growing and brewing in our hearts for the last few years. Uh, He has been a... Man, he has really been a shelter for me that I can be fully open and honest and real with that I don't always feel, especially, and both of you will understand this, being in the spotlight, being a person who is on the air, feeling like you have to have everything together, feeling like you have to have a, a bit of a persona, you have to show the public, uh, you know, this is me, I'm, I'm in control, I'm doing fine, while knowing on the inside you're dealing with all these things, at least I dealt with that, I don't know if you guys can relate to that or not, but, um, you know, there, there certainly were those moments, and opening up my heart uh, to the deepest places with some key people in my life. And I have a few friends, thank God, that have been there for me. But those are two key people that I really go to to make sure that I stay on the uh, up and up. Well, as you reflect and just take a look at your life, have you experienced any why me moments? Uh, it's funny you say that. I kept thinking to myself, how do I drop the words why me in here since this is the <laughs> why me podcast? Uh, oh. 
Oh my goodness, guys, have I had why me moments. Oh man, there have been so, so many. There is a whole other podcast, I think, another time for us to talk about all kinds of other struggles and battles I've dealt with that have had me asking that exact same question. But, you know, in, in terms of what we've talked about today, I have asked God why me a million times in both the, the, the valleys. I even said for a while there that I was in a sinkhole below the valley. Like, there's the mm -hmm. valley, and then I was in a sinkhole that was thousands of feet down. <laughs> I was in the, the, the darkest and, 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 you know, deepest place I had ever been in my life. So I have been in these moments. I've battled with suicidal ideation multiple times. I have been in really difficult situations and circumstances, and I've asked God why me a million times. And, you know, the main thing I have got out of it is kind of what I shared about earlier is that there are people in this world that need to know they're not alone. There are people in this world that need to know there is hope, that there is light, and that there is a way out of whatever circumstance or situation they find themselves in. And I deeply believe that when we are given a platform of any kind, we need to be really conscious of that and what we use that platform for. And even this year, I feel God pulling me to share about some things that I have been battling with since my childhood that I have never opened up about. I'm not ready to just yet, but it's coming. There are some really deep and, and hard things that are at work in, uh, in the lives of millions of people in the world as well that I have battled with that I know the Lord is opening up an opportunity for me to share with. And that is why me, that is why me, that is why I have gone through so many difficult things is because the Lord has purpose for it. Hmm. Ollie, it took four years. We are finally able to get them. We, we had to, you know, we had to <laughs> endure so much, but JD finally said yes, but it was a conversation we needed to have uh, at JD Hunter Music, my friend. Appreciate uh, you taking some time and sharing your heart. Mm -hmm. Hey, Holly and Johnny, both of you have been such incredible lights to millions of people. Many people you will never know. In fact, the majority you will never know. Being on the air, uh, Shine, obviously, and all the other amazing projects you've been, the Why Me podcast, there are millions of people that you have been able to speak into and encourage that you will never know, but just know that God sees it. He knows your heart. He knows what you've been able to do. And those Jesus bucks are just loading in, man. They're just loading in. Amen. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Brother, we seriously. appreciate you. Thank you for doing this. Yeah. Yeah, man. Seriously, guys, I have a high amount of respect for both of you. I've heard you many, many times, either through your podcast or on the air. And you guys are true professionals. So keep killing it. He said nice things to us, and we didn't even pay him. I know, but he's a nice guy. Uh, the one thing, and I never had a chance to tell him, but when we used to go do interviews and stuff, I was like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. And he really put into perspective on like, no, 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 you get to do this. This is an opportunity. Don't make your get to's become got to's. And so I always dove into interviews later on. I'm like, yeah, you know what? This really is an opportunity for us to have a conversation with insert whatever artist that may be. 
Yeah, and he has such a, an incredible outlook on life, despite having gone through the below the valleys. And I think that's such a great encouragement for us all, that no matter what you're going through, God's got you. The type of guy who you would think had it all together, but as he had said, he was wearing those masks. And mm -hmm. so it just also goes to show is you think you know somebody, you might not necessarily know somebody. So ask those questions and say, no, 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 really, how are you doing? Because yeah. there are people who will wear those masks and not tell you the honest truth. you got to find those people who you can have that conversation with. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Thank you for tuning in. You can always download. You can subscribe, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's Spotify, whether it's hollyandjohnnycast.com or Edify, <laughs> whatever that is. We want you to be a part of what we are doing. We absolutely do. And we love to hear from you. And if there's someone that you know who has an incredible story or why me moment that would encourage other people, let us know. We would love to chat with them. And on that note, don't forget, you can also check us out at faithstrongtoday.com. Yeah.